This is Jason Clark, and you're listening to the Sheriff Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, today I have a gentleman that I really look up to. Now, this gentleman actually grew up less than five minutes from where I grew up. So I'm intrigued to know of the circles that we might know of the same people. But ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is a Canadian sports analyst, author, and big-time internet personality. And he inspires me from his hard work, creativity, and risk-taking. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Stephen Glenn, a.k.a. Steve Dangle. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Woo, I'm good, man. There's there's hockey on tonight. I haven't been able to say that a lot as of late. So, uh, you know, whether they're blowing a lead or overcoming one, it's blessed. Awesome, buddy. And you know what? I'm just to add to that. I, I love I love how you just explained that. But just to add to that, dude, I'm happy to talk to a hockey fan just like myself. You know, I'm a former player, brother, but I'm a huge fan of the game of all sports. But I'm a big hockey fan at heart. And so are you. That's why you inspire me, man. We are all Leaf fans in the GTA. Like it or not, we are all deep down. We just hope that they win every year. Brother, we are all in this together. You separate yourself from the rest. And I want to talk about the beginnings of before you ended up doing this. I want to talk about Scarborough, Ontario, brother, where you're it's from, true. where I'm from. Yeah, it's, it's been it a big like week. Growing up in Scarborough. Oh, it was it was great. Uh, you know, uh, I, I talk about this in my book. You know, I I didn't play hockey growing up. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a sore spot for me. I, I started picking it up uh, just before I turned 30. I'm pretty bad, but I'm better than I used to be. So, I mean, that's always an improvement. Um, and part of the reason I didn't really end up picking it up ever is uh, my parents, you know, yada, yada, yada. My sister had special needs and it was difficult to get me into organized sports and everything. Um, and by the time they offered to try to get me into hockey, you know, all my friends were playing rep and and stuff like that. And like, uh, I'm the same age as Wayne Simmons. <laughs> and like, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't know how to skate. And th- this guy's, you know, he's currently playing for the Leafs. He's been in the NHL 100 years um so uh but i always loved it uh i was i was always felix potvin in the driveway flopping around uh you know going going wild making the most athletic saves against a tennis ball you've ever seen and uh you know if if i didn't do this for a living um i would have been that annoying guy in the office talking about hockey all the time i i worked at uh the toronto zoo which was just up the street uh from where I grew up, I uh, worked there for seven summers and every summer I'm just writing out the Leafs lines on receipt paper. And when I ran out of Leafs, I would, you know, I, maybe I was doing Sean McMorrow and the Sabres and, you know, maybe I was doing other teams. And I remember one day I was so bored. I just wrote every NHL player I could think of. So um, anyway, that got away from Scarborough a little bit, but. No, uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. Lo- love the game. And we, we were trying to figure out, uh, who we would have known mutually, but my, my age group, the, the, the really good players were, uh, Simmons, like I mentioned, and, uh, Rob quit 
who is uh, Ryan Ellis's D partner in Windsor for a bit. Um, and uh, the like the hometown legends of like my little pocket of Scarborough were uh, Mike Ricci went to my elementary school, St. Brendan's and Chris Draper uh, was the big one. Uh, he started the sort of neighborhood tradition of whenever a local wins the Stanley Cup, they got to bring it to this one pub called the Black Dog Pub. Uh, yep. Draper brought it there twice. And uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly carried on the tradition in 2018. He brought it there. That's right. When the That's Caps right. won. Yeah. Okay. So I can't, Okay. So let me add to this first of all. First of all, thank you very much for being the Leaf fan that you are because we need as much support as possible. Secondly, dude, the reason why you probably felt pressured when your parents were offering you to play hockey is because, dude, our area is so rich with hockey culture. Mm-hmm. Like the Moet from Port Union. Okay, this, so for the listeners that aren't familiar with East Toronto, the beginning of East Toronto is pretty much Port Union. That's the Moet area. We're right on the edge, bro. We're right on the edge of Pickering and Scarborough. Okay, mm-hmm. I would say from Port Union to Morningside. That area right there has so many people that play hockey. The kids start, like you said, start playing select rep right away. And mm-hmm. then everyone seems to just be, it used to be the MTHL, now the GTHL, single A, double A, and triple A. Double A is incredibly competitive. Triple A is like playing in the NHL when you're a kid. So this is what the kids have to go up to that might be late starters like yourself and the intimidation factor because it's so hockey rich, my man. Yeah, it was, you know, that was maybe a bit of a young decision, right? And, I, you know, I wanted to play with my friends and all my friends were really good. So I wouldn't have been playing with any of them. But, uh, I mean, I found a way to get in anyway and hockey's been pretty good to me. It's not a lot of complaints, man. Yes. So now just before we leave like the Scarborough, I want to talk about your family a little bit, brother, because what I'm finding is that the bigger characters that I have on this show, just like you, there's always someone when they're young that kind of like helps them craft this this personality. I need to know who that is for you, man. Is it dad? Is it mom? Do you have an older brother that may have kind of done it for you? Who would you say is that person that helped you build this character of yours, Steve Dangle? Um, you know, I, I think I was always kind of a character, but, um, when I was, uh, I alluded to it earlier when I was about three and a half, um, uh, my sister was born. She was born at 24 weeks, which is really premature. Um, all sorts of complications, brain damage, autism, cerebral palsy. Um, and, uh, you know, she required a lot of attention and, uh, you know, as I got older, I was just fighting for that attention. It's not like my parents were ignoring me or anything, but they were being parents to a kid with far more needs than than I was. So, uh, you know, you know, it wasn't um, it wasn't necessarily like a sports figure or a parent or anything. Like I remember, uh, I was of a certain age. It was five or six when The Mask came out with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, and he was wild and bouncing off the walls and and everything. And my parents were howling and I saw the attention uh, that uh, he was able to draw from them. And so that, you know, I was like, all right, so I guess I guess the the secret sauce is be hyper. And so, you know, the 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 journey of the class clown began and uh, that's it hasn't really stopped. I'm still hyper and I'm still loud and usually the loudest guy in the room. 
Well, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, as we all know, Steve. And yeah, buddy. I, like, that's why everybody loves you, bro, is because of how loud you are and because of the risks that you've taken. So that's off to you, man. So listen, I know that you went to Ryerson, but what I want to talk about right now is 2007. Mm. You're 19 years old. You start putting hockey content, particularly Toronto Maple Leaf content, on the internet. Tell me about this, bro. Tell me about, like, right before you started doing it. Like, what you were, were you like, man, I'm, I, 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 I got to do something here, man. I'm a leaf. Like, like, tell me how it started, brother. Uh, you're not far off. So, uh, I applied to radio and television at Ryerson uh, at the end of school. Man, they really throw kids to the wolves. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, man. I was, I was 17 when, when you're applying for classes and everything. And you're allowed to apply for like three programs for a hundred bucks or something like that. And every every program, in addition to that, you apply for is 33, which that was a lot of money for me at the time. And I I realized I didn't apply to that program and I should have. And it's like a half hour before the deadline. And I woke my parents up because I don't have a credit card. And thankfully, they didn't like you know kick me down the stairs for for waking them up on a on a work night. They were like, listen, all right, we can tell this is important to you um we'll we'll let you apply for this and everything i get an interview i end up getting into the program but as soon as i get in like one of my first days i realize i'm totally out of my depth because uh even though i got in we're going around a circle introducing ourselves and everything and all the kids have an internship some of them had degrees already um but uh you know uh, they worked at like the local Roger station as like a cameraman or a writer or, or a host or something like that. And I'm like, uh, I did the morning announcements and, you know, as a, as I'm searching for, you know, that sort of real world experience and legitimacy, um, you know, YouTube was really starting to take off. And, um, the Toronto sun had a, a front page at the beginning of the 07, 08 season that pisses me off or pissed me off because it said Leafs better luck next year after they lost their first game of the season. So I make oh. my 16-second rant, and I go off on it. And by the third game of the season, because I made one for the second game too, I realized I'm like, you know what? I can make a video for every game, and I'm going to be pretty bad, but it'll be like a self-appointed internship where I'll just continue to improve. And I, I did that. This is now season 15. I never took an on-camera class in my life. Um, all all throughout all four years of school, I was usually like a behind-the-scenes sort of writer for most of the projects. So uh, I owe a lot to YouTube, man. I'm I'm glad I made that sort of split-second decision when I was 19. So, but you're definitely got to be one of like the innovators of this type of thing because YouTube, I think, started wasn't it like 06 that it started like oh. the first year. Or 05. 04 officially, and then I okay. uh, 05 it started to take off, yeah. Getting popular and stuff. Okay, yeah. so this is just 2007, brother. You know what I mean? And from my research, you were getting incredible reviews, like, right off the hop. Like, you're getting support from, like, you know what I mean? From fellow Leaf fans that thought you were doing a great job. So that must have been pretty encouraging. It was. Do you remember was, that, though? Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, like, uh, you know, I wasn't even on Twitter yet. So the only way the only way I could promote my videos was in my MSN status. Um, and, you know, so it's basically just my friends and a couple of them were 
you know, maybe nice enough to show like a college roommate. And that, that's really how I started growing was like through dorms um, and, and stuff like that and just word of mouth. And uh, I remember, oh, man, I got 50 views. That's a lot of views. And then, oh, my God, I got 200 and then it's 300. And uh, yeah. there were a couple couple times I was featured on uh, the YouTube Canada homepage. They sort of did before trending was okay. a thing. And I got hit with like 40,000 and I I didn't know how to react uh, to that. And, you know, it dropped back down, but it was still up from before, like four or 500. It, it was difficult to not uh, kind of be obsessed uh, with the numbers a, a little bit at first. But, um, you know, what, what I always tell people starting out is don't worry about the numbers. Just worry about making good stuff um, and the numbers will follow the content it's all about the content good content they will come they will listen yeah baby. If you got content they will come <laughs> yeah yeah that's so, how it works yeah dudes and then so so brother so but what i'm interested in is, is what follows this up is the web series okay so the web series short form lfr so the mm-hmm. leaf fan reaction and pretty much what that was, what you were doing is you were reporting on the Toronto Maple Leafs games and news, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it just sort of started with, you know, one take, like wasn't even jump cuts or, or any of that, which, you know, sort of got more popular and like added Energizer Bunny energy uh, to, yeah. to the videos and everything. Um, you know, it was difficult to really create a theme as I'm making stuff up on the spot, but yeah, the, the further along uh, I went with it, um, the more structured they became and the more collected my thoughts became. And, you know, it's, it's a, it was a work in progress. Like I started in 2007, like you said. I don't think I made a good video until 2013. Really? <laughs> and, and, oh, yeah. And I don't know if I made them consistently good until 2017. You know, like it, it takes it it takes a long time and and. The, the, the thing I see the most often is people want to go viral overnight, and that's just not how it works. Um, ideally, it doesn't take a decade <laughs> like it did for me, but um, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of uh, uh, willingness to be bad uh, at something uh, before before you're good. Which is the whole risk-taking aspect of it, though, right? Like, you're taking a risk, brother. You're putting yourself out there, right? And it could get absolutely crushed. Mm-hmm. Or it could happen what happened to you and be incredibly successful. And that's what inspires so many, my man. Yeah, and you got to take the good with the bad, you know? Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, at first, I did not handle the comments well. Um, you well, know, you got the thick skin, right? Yeah, and, you know, it doesn't it doesn't start thick. <laughs> so so you, you got to go through it. You got to take your lumps a little bit. You got to be wrong a bunch. Um, you know, it's... Uh, easy to let your ego get in the way and you, and you don't admit when you're wrong and, and stuff like that. And that's something that I think has improved over time. I say improved. It's not perfect. I'm still wrong <laughs> a lot, but, uh, you know, you just try to be right more than you're wrong and, uh, learn more than, uh, than, than you stagnate. You, you know what I mean? For sure, buddy. So now you mentioned earlier that some people, they expect to go viral overnight. Now, one thing that you invested in, invested your personal time, energy, everything in is something that was kind of built up for a whole lifetime. Because, bro, what you did with your podcast, the style that you had, 
your childhood like I'm I'm do, I'm doing this research. This guy did started a podcast with his childhood friends on yeah. the panel as well as other former like like anal not former other analysts but that that idea man that's the best thing I've ever read. Tell me about that. Yeah. And how many buddies did you have on? Oh man, a bunch. Uh it started it started with so Adam Wild, he's a morning show host here in Toronto on on Virgin. Um, he, he's always been really ambitious. He's always known exactly what he wanted and he's always loved hockey. You know, he was actually a good player. He played, I think he told me he played against Wayne Simmons. Um, I want to say they went to middle school together. That's Joseph Howe. And, uh, and, uh, uh, in math class, grade 11 math class, which neither of us were good at. Um, we were just talking because we weren't good at math. And uh, I remember him saying, one day we're going to have a sports show together. And really? I was like, okay, cool. I never played hockey, but sure. Okay, we'll try. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we're like, whatever, 16 when, when we have that conversation. He goes here, there, and everywhere. So I, I apply to Ryerson um, uh, for radio and television, and so did he. And he didn't get in. And the reason that's wild is because his mom is Marilyn Dennis. Um, and he didn't mention that in his school interview, not because he didn't think it was relevant information, but he wanted to do it on his own. Um, and we talked about the interviews that we had, my interview and his interview. It it was just luck of the draw. If I was asked the questions that he was asked, I wouldn't have got in. And if he was asked the question I was asked, he would have. So, uh, total, total luck in the draw. So he went here, there and everywhere. He worked overnights uh in in barry ontario he transferred to schools to humber by the time he got there he realized you know because he'd already been on the radio the program i don't want to say it was beneath him but it like it was too it was too elementary like he did he had already learned all this stuff basically so he applied all around the country went to halifax with really no promises of anything moved there when he was 19, came back home to Toronto. I was excited. He left for Calgary, came uh, back to Toronto after a couple years. And once he finally uh, put his roots down a little bit, um, he approached me with uh, his friend, uh, Chris Shapcott, who worked at CHFI here in Ontario. And they pitched the idea of the Steve Dangle podcast. I didn't even want to call it that. Um, they, really? They, yeah, they sort of insisted um about a year and a bit into the podcast uh, chris left um but that allowed us to to bring on jesse blake i was gonna say man yeah. just a star just an absolute yeah. star um and the the show's taken off to something i never could have anticipated adam years ago so our first show got like a thousand views or something you know unfair advantage for a first show because i had already built up a bit of a platform over you know a little over half a decade and uh adam's like one day we're gonna hit twenty thousand a show and i was like you are on drugs there's no way we're gonna hit twenty thousand a show and now between youtube and all our audio platforms we're at like 75 so it's it's uh he's always been um i i can be a bit of the wet blanket sometimes I, i can be a bit of the the concerned parent uh adam has let it ride um and the eternal optimist so uh i think we complement each other well i i I agree 
So now in the beginning with your buddies though, who who are who like who are who are some of these guys? Like are they Moet guys or or what? Like uh some of them. We had Justin Fisher yeah. on early. He's he's a Moet guy. Uh who else was a Moet guy who we had on? Yeah, I'm I'm not totally sure, but like a, a few um you know, I I'm still in in touch with a bunch of my Moet friends. Yeah. Um because well, be you're like, still young, my man. Yeah, I'm 33, and and uh, I won't say how close I am to 34, but uh, happy belated 40th, by the way. There, Sean. Thank you very much, brother. <laughs> I got your hockey DB up right now. <laughs> uh, I I don't have a hockey DB page, but um, uh, I know a couple members of the Bare Naked Ladies uh, went to Moet, and uh, I think That's one right. of them followed me, the drummer. Um, yeah, I love yeah. them, man. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hey, yeah. How much? Are they, how awesome are they? Canadian legends, man. Canadian legends, and you just you like it a little bit more when when they're they're from your neighborhood, you know? Yes, of course, of course. You gotta so you gotta support the turf, man. The turf. You remember that word? Absolutely, turf? absolutely. You know, I gotta have. I would really like to get uh, Chris Draper on just because it would be, um, like sort of a, like a full circle moment because uh uh our grade two teacher mr cody he was like legendary uh, you know in the school and everything he taught chris when he was younger and he ended up becoming my um grade two teacher he's a huge habs fan wouldn't let leafs apparel in the in the classroom oh, you gotta yeah. hang that outside oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and um and he did the same thing to chris draper who grew up uh, a leafs fan and uh but the 96 playoffs he told the class he's like you're all red wings fans this year all of you right and on. that yeah and that was the yeah. beginning of the blood feud between the red wings and avalanche in colorado and call yeah and yeah. uh claude lemieux hits him from behind and oh, and yeah game six or whatever it was so the whole class wrote letters to him and uh asked uh you know wishing him well and hoping he gets better and then uh, after he recovered uh, in June, one of the last days of school, he came and visited the class. Oh, and man. for show and tell one day, I had brought a Chris Draper card that I got in a pack of cards. Uh, principal comes sprinting down the hall. He's talking to the teacher. Teacher points at me. Principal comes over to me and I'm in grade two. So I'm like, oh, and the principal goes, you're the kid with the card. Where Where is it? I'm like, oh, it's, you know, we went and found it. He grabbed it. He photocopied like a hundred copies of the card so that every kid in like grade two and three got a Chris Draper autograph that day. It was, it was pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, and, and I'm, I've always been a Draper fan being a Scarborough kid. Now yeah. I picture this agent court arena, Steve. Okay. Right. Agent court arena. Yeah. I'm in there. I'm about 12 years old. I'm at a summer skate. Chris Draper is at the arena with a couple other pros and people are just in awe. I run up to Chris Draper and go, Mr. Draper, can I please get an autograph? He's like, where do you want me to sign it? I was like, I don't know, right here. Look, he signed my a white t-shirt that I had. And man, I kept, I'm telling you, I ripped out the part, like, like <laughs> out, and I had that with the rest of my autographs that were all like paper or cards or, yeah. you know what I mean? And I kept that Chris Draper, you know, uh, cotton, I guess, cloth, right? That's Kids my don't think. Story. Kids don't think, man. I, I spoke at a class a couple of years ago, and this one kid uh, thought it'd be funny to, after I was done speaking, he just takes off his shoe, 
and he gets me to sign his shoe. But yeah. kids are copycats. So then the whole class is just taking off their shoes. And I'm like, guys, I need you to know I'm doing this under duress. Please do not have your parents call me and asking for <laughs> new pairs of shoes for all of you. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm doing this because you were adamant that you wanted me to sign your shoe. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't, you don't want a sue lawsuit either. Okay. Well, I mean, 200 plus 200 plus 300. Yeah. They're so expensive these days, man. Yeah. So somewhere I'm pro I'm sure in like a Goodwill in, in Oshawa, um, where I live now, there's a bunch of kids shoes with my autograph on them for, for some reason. <laughs> hey know. man, it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be too bad for someone to pick that up, man. I'm telling you, you're, you're a legend now, bro. That'd be, that'd be a good find someone to find first of all, a shoe and then it's signed by Steve dangle. That's priceless, man. Throw it on eBay, throw it exactly. on eBay. <laughs> Brother, 2014, I want to mm. jump. This is the year that you start working with the all-star company Sportsnet, okay? So now this is what this is what I liked when I was reading about it. You start off behind the scenes, okay? They mm -hmm, probably had mm -hmm. you, you know, doing a whole bunch of things. You, you were a guy that really appreciated being there. Everyone was feeding off your energy, and they just probably just wanted you around, to be honest with you. Maybe they didn't have a gig for you yet. But then you start getting the gigs, bro. Then you start hosting shows. Then you start filling in on, on Tim and Sid. Tell me about this part of your life. Like, it must have been just wild. That was weird, man. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll back up. So, like, December 2013. Uh, my, oh, actually, no, I should back up even more. So okay. spring 2013, um, the lockout uh, just ended. I'm working a 1,000 jobs. Because I had a few jobs before the lockout. I had to get some jobs during the lockout because I didn't know what the hell to do to pay the bills. Um, and one of the jobs I got was to work for the KHL doing highlights for them. Oh, cool. They were not only late on my final payment, but they had shortchanged me through the whole season, I figured out. The KHL. The KHL. Uh, so I discovered this in the spring of 2013. Halloween day 2013 is when they finally paid me in full. Um, but it was like six months later, right? And that's when I, I said to my wife, I'm like, all right, let's go get a house. <laughs> we So we finally had barely enough for a down payment. We move into our house March 2014. We're about to get married in June or sorry, July. And uh, I worked five more shifts at my job at CBC doing highlights before I got laid off. Okay. So, so, you know, we get married, uh, and everything and, but I really don't know what I'm going to do. And so I'm like, all right, I guess I'm making YouTube videos and the podcast full time. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a few weeks before the season starts, I get a call from someone who I had met when I was an intern at Sportsnet, which was six years prior. And they said, listen, we have an idea for a behind the scenes job for you but it gets you in the door. And I said, well, when do I start? <laughs> so yeah, buddy. Now, I end up, I end up starting. Yeah, no, please. And, oh, sorry. I, I end no, up no, starting. No, 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 please, please, please. And, and a few people at Sportsnet were like, oh, Dangle works here. Does he make videos for us? Well, no. Well, why not? And, uh, you know, what sort of sealed the deal for that was that fall, the Leafs lost 9-2 to Nashville. And I lost my mind. And uh, it got a lot of traction, got like a quarter million views. 
I, I walked into Sportsnet and Sid Sixero, who I I didn't know that well at the time, he just stands up at his desk and goes, Steve Dangle, ladies and gentlemen, Steve, Steve Dangle, and like drew all this attention and you know I wasn't used to it and sort of sort of helped build momentum from there. Right on. So so you're you're referring to like 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 doing stuff for Sportsnet on their YouTube channel and website. That's what it was initially. Right. Okay. Awesome. And then so okay so now okay so now I know I I already mentioned it but but dude I I was I didn't make it important enough because it's very important. In 2018, the live television. You know I'm not, I was it Tim or Sid that wasn't present. Uh, it was Tim. So it was me and Sid. It was you and Sid. Now this is live television hosting. Yep. yep. Now is this not the biggest sports like in Canada, like like the show at the it's time? It's pretty huge. And like all, I don't know if you've ever like you know looked looked at the night sky or, or something like that. If if you look oh, yeah. at it, if you look at it for too long, you start to think about it a little too hard, and it freaks you out. That's when it, when it comes to live TV, you just sort of do it. You just, you just let the words tumble out of your head. Uh, you don't think about it too much because if you do, you're going to freak out and the words won't come out. So, and on my way down there that day, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to be on Tim and Sid today. I got to be Tim. Wait a sec. It's American Thanksgiving. It's the biggest football day of the year. I don't know anything about football. Oh. Like, Oh, Oh my God, we better milk the hockey topics today. And 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 luckily the Sens were in the news because they they were having ownership issues. And then the the Sens and Oilers actually made a trade during the show, which was a godsend. And uh, wow, I ended up uh, I ended up doing it without throwing up. And <laughs> so so I eventually got to go back on. And uh, the next time I was on, um, it was Tim and friends. So I got to do one with Tim and. And sure enough, they had Jack Campbell on that day, and I got to help interview him. So, straight on. Pretty, pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. It's extremely cool, buddy. Yeah. All right, man. So now it just every topic gets more exciting here, but 2019, we're gonna talk about your book. We got to talk about this book. Yeah. So you release a book documenting your life and career. Okay. Now this is what I love, man. This is the title. Tell me about this title, man. It's a long title. It's a detailed title. I love the title. Uh, this team is ruining my life, but I love them. How I became a professional hockey fan. It's probably too long. Um, but and and here's here's the hilarious part about that. So I'm wearing a Leafs jersey on the cover. You need to get permission from the Toronto Maple Leafs to wear a jersey on their cover. And I asked them, I went through the proper channels and they were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. You know, we don't really have a problem with that. What's your book called? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, this team is ruining my life. And it was just, it was a throwaway joke that I made during a video. I don't even remember what year, maybe 2014 or 15. And for whatever reason, people loved it and it stuck. And it just seemed like the appropriate thing to call it. But I also didn't want to – I didn't want the title to convey that I hated them or anything. So I made – I put, but I love them. And then how I became a professional hockey fan was basically letting everyone know, hey, here's here's what you're you're going to get in the book. And, and the book, um, it mostly goes up to 
the moment uh, I got into Sportsnet, maybe the first year. There's a there's a few a few stories that trickle in after that. Um, and but it's basically I wanted to emphasize uh, the hard work that went into it, but also you know typical for hockey. I got a lot of good bounces. <laughs> I got a lot of good bounces, and uh, you know when the puck was on my stick. Uh, thank God I knew what to do with it. Yeah, dude. All right. So I know that that we're time restrained. So just real quickly, I, I want to get these last two things in. The first thing, Mr. David Ayers, uh, which who was a, a special guest on our show, we got him on the year anniversary, the year anniversary of your viral video. Oh God! Tell me about this relationship. Did you know Mr. Ayers before? Because he's always around. Tell me about it. So, so that's the funny thing. I had no idea who David Ayers was uh, okay. before that game, um, and you know, all I could focus on, like I wasn't listening to his backstory or anything that night. I was just focusing on how pathetic it was the Leafs were losing to a, an emergency backup goalie. And uh, the moment I realized, you know, I might actually cross paths with this gentleman, is the next morning I woke up to a text from my cousin, um, who's about your age, and he goes. Hey, uh, you know the goalie who beat the Leafs yesterday? I'm like, yeah, I know the. F- yes, I know the goalie who beat the Leafs yesterday. I was watching. He goes, that's my goalie Friday nights. Yeah. And I was just like, what in Whitby? Let me guess, yeah. Whitby. In, in Whitby, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, yeah. yeah, my cousin, uh, he was on the Pickering Panthers, and yeah. I'm that's just like, I. oh, there you go. And I was just yeah, like, so I, who's your cousin, brother? Uh, Dave Visconti. Visconti, okay, I, I, I know the name. I, I don't know him personally, but I'll tell you what, Daryl Dean, who's a buddy of mine that went to Moet, but he's even older than me, he's on that same, he was on that same Friday night team. Oh, he's no like, way. Facebook, I see him say, man, I don't know if I'm dreaming, but my goalie's playing against the <laughs> Leafs right now. Did you ever play, right? with, uh, you ever play with Danny Sivret? I, I, I played with him in London. I, I was on the Knights for about a, a, a season and a half. Oh, okay. So that's that's my cousin's buddy. That's okay. Cool, cool. man. There, there you go. We're we're making connections. So yes, yes, we are. Yeah. So okay. So now this is perfect because I know you right. got to go. The, the the Leaf games are are that's that's who you are, man. That's what's created this character. Yeah. Okay, bro. We have a special player this year mm-hmm. on our Toronto Maple Leafs, man. He's from our ends, man. He's from our ends, Cardinal Newman's very own, this bunting kid. Have you done some specials with him, like being the Scarborough kid that he is? So I have a hilarious Michael Bunting story. So uh, 2014 draft, uh, I called up this uh, young uh, Ontario Hockey League general manager no one's ever heard of named Kyle Dubas. And <laughs> he, uh, so he was GM of the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah. And he was kind enough. I was like, hey, listen, I'd like to do some interviews with some draft eligible guys. I'll really take whoever you can give me. I don't I don't care who the names were. So he gave me Jared McCann, who I spoke to and was, you know, great. And he also gave me this kid named Michael Bunting. And he's got this great story. You know, Cardinal Newman, athlete of the year, uh, played double A, crushed it. But I, uh, if I remember correct, couldn't really afford triple A. Yeah. Finally. Takes takes the dive, plays AAA, does well, um, and thank goodness he did well because it was in front of Kyle Dubas, 
who ends up putting him on the Sioux Greyhounds, and he plays well enough in the Greyhounds uh, that he ends up getting drafted by the Coyotes. What a story, right? Great story. Yeah. So talked to him all about that. I wrote about it, and people loved it. You know, uh, I, I don't know much about this guy. I don't know, you know, how much he's going to play in the NHL, but I'm cheering for him and stuff like that. So pe- people like feel the feel-good story. Feel good story. But I got one tweet from someone who really didn't like it. And I was like, who is this? And I click on it, and it was my aunt. I go, what? why doesn't my aunt like this article about Michael Bunting? So turns out Bunting and my younger cousin played double uh, A at the same time. And Bunting hit my cousin and gave him a concussion and took him out of hockey. Basically. Okay. So I was like, Career oh, my, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so torn. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I mean, he was 15, and but it's my cousin. And so then the Leafs signed the guy. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is my whole life here. And if he scores and it's an overtime winner, like, I'm, I got to cheer for him. My cousin's a Leafs fan, too. And uh, he gave me a very hockey answer because I, I call him up. I'm like, listen, man, I'm going to have to talk about this guy. And I'm going to have to cheer for this guy. And I'm pretty sure you're going to have to cheer for this guy. So what are we feeling? And he just goes, listen, it was a long time ago. It was a decade ago. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bud. Yeah. So is he one of your favorite guys to, to mingle with or what? Like what? He's got to be on, on that team. Oh, he's, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. Like you, you talk about, you talk about, um, you know, I thought Curtis Gabriel nailed it during the preseason. He's a greasy little rat, yeah. uh, but he's, he's, he's on the show as well. Oh, there you go. He's yeah. our greasy little rat. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. Like, um, yeah. You know, uh, with this Leafs team, a lot is uh, made about size, you know, but uh, he he doesn't play small. Um, he's never I've never seen him back down from a fight. I've never seen him back down from a, a conflict confrontation. All of his goals are two centimeters from the goal line. Uh, you know what I mean? He he plays exactly the style the Leafs need. Sheldon Keefe was talking about playoff style goals. Um, in the Amazon documentary, and the Leafs weren't scoring enough of them. That's all he does. It's all he does, baby. And it's it's a pleasure watching him play, and I cannot believe they signed him to two years. Yeah, dude. So this rough and tumble style, this hard working, get your nose dirty, go to the net hard, is the typical Scarborough way, in absolutely. my opinion, brother. Steve Dangle, Sean McMorrow, Michael Bunting, all us Scarborough boys. That's what we like to see, brother. And I'm, I'm, that's such a cool story, though, that you told about about like the career ender and all that. Because um, that's what my listeners want to hear, man. They want to hear the real raw stories, buddy. And I, I appreciate you bringing it. I was a little bit intimidated because I know that you bring the heat and you sure brought the heat, bro. You brought it, man. In the short time, I want to I want to thank you on behalf of the listeners, bro, because you have such a big following, bro, which I'm a part of because of your energy and because of your style. So I want to personally thank you for entertaining us. And, and I hope that I'm able to talk to you again soon, my man. Thank you, man. I, I hope I was uh, an adequate deputy. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Sheriff. We'll see you next time, guys. Woo!